Alright. Hello and welcome to an episode of Post Game presented by Two Player Bros. I'm Mike. With me as always is Dave, who is acting very suspicious behind the microphone. Hi, Mike. Hi, Dave. <laughs> Just waiting for you to do something. Uh, something? No? Why, why do I always have to put on a show for you at the beginning of all these episodes? Just once. Just once. You know, bring some thunder, Mike. I mean, I can throw in a thunder sound effect right there. I'm, a, I'm an after the fact kind of <laughs> thunder guy. That ain't it, Chief. That ain't it. <laughs> so today on this episode, we are going to talk about Ghosts of Tsushima, a game we both waited for for a long, long time. At least I've been waiting for it for a long time. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't super pumped for it coming in. I mean, well, coming into playing it, I was. Gotcha. Um, but it wasn't until like early summer where I was like, yo, I want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been itching to play it since they uh, showed the first trailer at E3 2017. And I was like, wow, this game looks really, really cool. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't think I even knew this game existed until probably May or June. What's weird is I think they, they showed this game at E3. And then later on at E3, they so- showed uh, Sekiro. And that now, was the announcement. Now that's, Sekiro. that's a game right there. <laughs> and then that came out way for way earlier. You know what? I think after this E3, I was talking to you about how excited I was for the ninja game. And now I'm like, was I was I conflating the two in my head? I know I was, because I remember talking to you and being like, the one where you were doing the sword fight, no, no, when we had the the robotic arm. And I was like, was that the same game? And we couldn't figure it out. Because <laughs> they were both shown like a day apart. It was just really confusing. But they're very different games. They're very different games. <laughs> One is a lot better than the other. Spoiler alert. But, Spoiler alert. We but have this, different opinions on what I think. No, we don't. We're, no, no this, we don't. <laughs> we'll get into it. Okay. Um, <laughs> One one game is a perfect game. So it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not a fair fight. <laughs> so. I don't even know where to go from here with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been pumped for a long time. You, we've, you've been pumped for at least the last year. We've been talking about it. We finally got to play it. I guess I've been curious to see what your thoughts were about the game because you've been mentioning Sekiro, comparing it against each other, and I've been like left in limbo going, but like, how does he compare the two or what does he think? So overall, Dave, what did you think of Ghost of Tsushima? Overall, I think it's a it's a really, really good game. I don't I think it's a great game. I think it's really, really good. Um the story is interesting. The the world that you're exploring is one of like the best worlds ever created in video games. Like that sounds like hyperbole, but it's probably true. Um, you know, I haven't played a lot of red dead too. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm assuming that's probably the only open world that would compare to this. It's, it is the only comparative open world that grand theft auto five has a bunch. Sure. It's not quite as I'm thinking more like when I think about open worlds, I know grand theft auto five has it too, but I still think of like cities Mm-hmm. And I've played so many open world city games Right. with Red Dead. I literally think of like the expanse, the, the outlands or whatever you want to call right. it. The, the um, entirety of the, even though I know that those are in Grand Theft Auto as well, it's just not what I think when I think of Grand Theft Auto, right. you know? Um, but no, the open world is magnificent <laughs> combat wise. That's where I start to have a lot of mixed emotions that, that will go into as we, Again, but yeah, no. Overall, I'm a, a very big fan of this game. There, I said it. It's it's on the record now. You finally <laughs> you finally know, Mike. It's 
nowhere near as good as Sekiro though. Sekiro. So you should you should really play it. I've played some of Sekiro and it when, is really when, fun. It's when when I for, I yeah, forgot I, where you got it. I can't remember yeah, which one. That's it was a long time it. ago. I think this game is just absolutely amazing. I have a lot of issues with it. Wow. It is not a perfect game, but it's perfect. But it has it does have issues. I have probably similar issues with you and comp with combat. Although I think the combat's really interesting in the way they handle everything and the way the buttons feel like everything is exactly where it should be. I think the the music in the game is phenomenal. It's an amazing score. And like you said, the environments blow me away. Like I was just taking screenshot after screenshot in this game. You're <laughs> like, oh, that's really pretty. Oh, I like that too. I think some of the graphics though kind of left me wondering why they looked so bad in some ways, which we'll get into. Whereas the rest of like the environments are like beautiful and gorgeous and they do some amazing things with what they have. And I, I don't know the technology behind it, but that's really cool. I think the story is really interesting and I love the history they put into the game. And that's, I'm, I'm a big history guy. So I love the fact that, and we'll get into all the history stuff, but I love that it's so based in real history, which is why there's a couple of moments in the game that pull me out of that. That really pissed me off. But I think it's, it's an amazing game with a, a lot of small issues that don't really detract from how much fun I had playing this game. This is one of the few open world games where I've already, I mean, I had to beat it for the podcast, but I, you never, I mean, I'm going to guess it's all because of the podcast, but you never be open world games. I, well, I, I rarely do. And Red Dead one is the first one I've, I beat to completion hundred percent found all the secret items and stuff. I don't count the early Assassin's Creed because they were very small games, but this one I've already just found all the all the outposts. I've liberated the islands. I have some missions to do, and I have finished all the main story missions. I've collected quite a few of the main items and found a lot of the side stuff, like the foxholes and stuff like that, or the fox shrines. And it's just because I keep wanting to play this game. I want to run into some Mongolians. I want to explore the world. I want to see what's over that hill and what basically like painting they've painted over that hill. So I think it's a phenomenal game. It might be my game of the year right now, but we got we got Cyberpunk still to go. But honestly, I think Cyberpunk's just going to disappoint me because I think <laughs> I've hyped that too much up in my brain. And I think Ghost is almost exactly what I thought it would be. Okay. So cool. That's it. That'd be my overview. All right. <laughs> let's let's get into it then. So you want to um, get into what do you want to? I like the structure that we've done for most of these games recently. I know we we fall off of it sometimes, but usually we we've been opening with gameplay, gameplay then story, talking about like game mechanics, game systems, then jump into the world as a whole, and then typically we've been ending with story and characters. I like that and too. I think that format works, especially for anyone who maybe hasn't played Ghost. We're probably going to spoil it because again, we this is a post game discussion. We exactly. we spoil everything. The game's been out for a little over a month now, so. Yeah, too long. I'm <laughs> I, only according to my trophies, only about thirty percent of the players have actually beaten it so far, though. I feel Which I like, don't know if that's high or low, though. I don't look at trophy percentages like that, but I have to imagine that you never get. I imagine like fifty percent is like the highest trophy you're going to see. I was going to bring that up because this is the first time I've really checked to see what my trophies meant, and in Xbox, it takes so long to load that screen up that I never bother looking. But when I saw the 30% for like beating the game, I was like, well, what is the usual average? I was very curious about that. Like a game like Fallen Order where it's a, a complete story 
to a game like Grand Theft Auto Five or Ghosts, where it's an open world. I'm kind of curious about that, and I know there's websites that track that shit, but yeah, and uh, <laughs> obviously it tells you how common the. I, I guess you don't know what common means, but um, it tells you how rare a trophy is. Yeah, rare, not rare, rare, not common. just it's not it's you know status, but how what percentage of people have achieved it. So like right. You know, if it's like less than one percent, it's an ultra rare trophy or whatever, whatever their system might be. I don't know. I'm not a big trophy guy. Getting close to 100k gamer score though, I'm chipping away. I saw that. <laughs> I've, I've, for a long time ago, I stopped trying to even like think I could catch up to you. There was at one point where I was just like, yeah, this never happened. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's start with the, uh, with the gameplay. Uh, I'll let you open up. What did you think of just the general like sword mechanics and uh, just combat in general all right so combat's where i have a lot of issues but it's also where the reason i kind of keep going back to play this game i think it is an amazing system that in ghost of tsushima 2 or whatever they end up doing with this system next which i hope they don't just throw it away they'll refine it and make it better they they definitely will i mean um it's such a cool base but it's it missing so much. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you can, I think going between stances is so quick and so smooth when it works that it, it's really fun. But what, I, what do you mean when it works? I found a, a couple of instances where I'm holding the right trigger. You hold the right trigger, by the way, to choose your four stances uh, that obviously attack certain enemy types or are better against certain enemy types. But I found sometimes it'll freeze up or it won't choose the right one those might just be your pudgy fingers, Mike, because <laughs> that, that was never an issue for me. I, I had a couple very... issues where I'd be holding the right trigger and nothing happened. Are you sure it's not your controller? Do you have a problem with your right trigger? Not usually. <laughs> your R2? Not usually. And I, not usually means sometimes, and Mike. I usually switch out between not usually, PlayStation controllers. Not usually means <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but the combat is so smooth and efficient. Like I love being able to go from shield guy to pike guy in just one basic fluid motion bit for the most part. I love that just because you're in one stance, you're not completely useless against the other characters, which a lot of games sometimes will do with systems similar. I love the the block system, the parry system. Everything is just so easy to pick up and, and just understand. The ability to have your ninja stealth weapons as well, your blowgun, your bows and arrows, and your chimes, and then also your kunai, your smoke bombs, your sticky bombs, and... Firecrackers? Firecrackers, yeah. It's just so smooth and efficient and uses all the triggers in such a, a great way. And this is one of the first games that, it's not part of combat, but utilizes the the touchpad to give you extra buttons that the Xbox could never give you, which I was like, wow, why aren't more PlayStation games use, utilizing the touchpad like that? Mm -hmm. I just really loved combat when it worked. But every once in a while, it would get hinky. And I don't know if you had the same problem, but lock-on, constant was was often not I, I can't say constantly but often an issue where i was screaming at Jin, our uh samurai hero for just attacking some guy not even close to him yeah it, wait not even close to him well sometimes it'd be well somebody who's not an immediate threat it's See, just come on man that's kind of the opposite of what my issue was with this early in the combat you know they they teach you about your you kind of hold the direction towards the guy and it's supposed to know like who you're going yeah. for. I didn't think that the lock on was strong enough. I thought that it, I just wanted my, I just wanted Jin to jump a little bit further. Like there, the guy was that I wanted was always a little bit out of reach. 
and I would end up whiffing like very, very often. And com- I had that issue as well. Coming into this game with this combat system being very similar to uh, at least the the base attacking system mm-hmm. comparable to like uh, Shadow of Mordor or Batman. Like in those games, you get way more pull to the guy that you're going after. Mm-hmm. And I just I just found myself constantly coming up short at the beginning of the game and it was really infuriating i don't think i ever had an issue where i was attacking the wrong guy that was too far away if anything it was often i'd want to go for the guy that was a little bit further but they'd they'd kick me over to the guy that was closer i had issues like that as well with with going toward the closer guy when i wanted the guy that was further but i'd also have issues and maybe it's because maybe they backed away at the last second or i was going after the other guy too hard and then the button just said hey you're going after that guy and I never maybe hit the other guy, but I'd start to go after him. So I'd go after like a shield guy with my sword guy um, stance on and it'd be like, well, well that's not going to work. He's got a shield. <laughs> I'm not going to do much. And I would just start to get pissed. And or I'd go after the dogs and one of the army guys would go one of the Mongols would come up and it's like, no, I want to kill these dogs because <laughs> he's going to ruin my ghost uh, stance. Yeah, you have to quick meter. strike those dogs right away. Otherwise, and also, over. can I not kill a dog for a month, Dave? <laughs> you know, I would love to be angry about killing these dogs, but they just look like big fur balls. Like I didn't really care that much. You actually don't need to kill the dogs if you don't want to, though. I know you um, can pass the forts and stuff without killing them. Yeah, but no, even like in the missions and stuff, mm-hmm. if you kill all the people and just dodge the dog the whole time, like whatever event is supposed to happen will happen. You know, like you you can clear forts, like you said, without mm-hmm. killing them. Even the story missions, though, if you really want to dodge a dog the whole time which I did at one point, um, <laughs> I was able to progress through the game without killing a dog for that section. I killed the dog. They started to piss me off. It was, it was getting annoying. <laughs> no, I always went for them because again, they, they looked like these big fur balls. They were just like giant dust bunnies. So it wasn't, I didn't have a problem killing these dogs. <laughs> I feel yeah. terrible saying that. This is just, yeah. What did you think of the difficulty in the game? Because I had this, when I first started playing, I was complaining a little bit about the lock on. Mm-hmm. When I first started playing and you only have the what stone stance, I think, to yep. start, I thought the game was insanely difficult. I did like, as well, yeah. The the curve to start is wild. Like it's infuriating how hard the game is at the beginning. Did you go to save Taka first? Well, it sounds like you're talking about story stuff, and I don't think well, we're I'm talking there in terms of yet. missions. Yeah, it's kind of like the story. I'm talking about the combat. So Well, I think that if you went after because Taco was lower on the list, those missions, those Mongolians were the red and black ones, which were harder than the bandit type ones that were at the other two samurai that you were supposed to get. Uh, I don't remember what order I did the the missions in. That's why I was trying to avoid the question. Oh, gotcha. And I don't remember what color the samurai were at the time um, or the Mongolians the were at the time. Uh, but I, I don't think it was which Mongolians I was going after. I think it was just the limited resources that you have at the very beginning. Um, because what I found happening was infuriated at the beginning, but as soon as I unlocked all four stances, the game became cake. Like the challenge in this game becomes absolutely nothing. Um, to the point where it's actually, I found the combat boring and I, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, I'm the guy that has beat beat Sekiro Sekiro four times, (laughs) but, uh, with like the parrying and stuff, the timing on it, is so gracious Mm -hmm. that like if you even get hit in this game late in the game, you should 
get better, bro. <laughs> like it's really, really easy. I found myself. So the first Island was really difficult for me. Like midway through the second Island, I turned it from normal mode to hard. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to the third Island, the third section of the Island, I ended up putting on the lethal difficulty that had just released at the time. And even on the most difficult difficulty, it was still really easy. Lethal it, is the one cut. Lethal, you die in about two slices, and they usually die in about two slices. Yeah, um, I w I'm very interested to go back and try the game on the lethal mode. Even on lethal, I was finding myself having to like create like little challenges for myself, um, where I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to attack anyone. I'm only going to attack them if I get a perfect parry, and then I'll finishing strike them because off of a perfect parry you could pretty much guarantee the slash slash and they're dead yeah so like literally i was finding silly ways to challenge myself like that or going okay now for this next fort i'm gonna perfect dodge and backstab everybody and that's just how i had to like go through these entire sections just to make it a little more interesting good for you mr uh, sekiro master <laughs> it's it's really not i don't think that's a brag though because it really is that easy like, did you have difficulty with the game late game? I didn't have difficulty, but I mean, I got hit. Yeah. I died a couple times, but I did find the exact same thing. As soon as I unlocked the stances, well, like even during the first island, because I went after the red and black Mongolians first, which are it goes bandit Mongolians, red and black, uh, I think yellow, light blue, and then the gold guys at the end. So I went after the red and black guys. So then I went for the two samurai. It was the bandit guys. And I was like, well, this is easy. Plus, I have the other thing. When I started the pike guys, though. I was like, this game's impossible. This is really <laughs> pissing me off. And then once you got the stances, I had the same thing where I was like, this is easy. Or I would do the same things sometimes where I'd be like, all right, it's five guys. They're all sword guys, especially if they were sword guys. Perfect parry. Or I'm not hitting them. Let me do like an actual kind of duel, which were my favorite part of the games. I thought the duels were awesome. I really enjoyed the duels. Yeah. The, <sighs> the duels were okay. <laughs> they, they were okay. They were very cinematic, which was cool, mm -hmm. um, especially like, later in the game where you have like the six separate duels that you have to complete around the island. Yeah, get the run. Yeah. Um, I really like the falling leaves or the waterfalls in the background or the waves crashing on the beach because you're in like these very like cinematic settings for yeah. those. Uh, the fights themselves. Same thing. Super easy. I mean, the, those characters had a few more block unblockable attacks, mm -hmm. so you had to dodge a little bit more. But overall, it was just it was just easy breezy um, in a way that was really it was really off putting how easy the game was. And that's and that's why I've been kind of bummed about the game. I think your time with Sekiro has really like and the fact that you were always kind of good at the Batman games anyway. But like I, I didn't find the difficulty like <laughs> kind of good. Okay. Yeah, kind of good at the back. Yeah, kind of <laughs> <kinda> good. <laughs> but I did. There was some challenge there sometimes. I would always go in. Were you trying to play like as the ghost or did you play more like a samurai? I was a samurai. Yeah, because I was man of honor <laughs> going in and and shouting out people in the standoffs and 100 percent of the time. Yeah, I was constantly full on all of my ghost gear. Other than kunai, because kunai were just really fun to throw. <laughs> uh, I maybe threw kunai twice, and then I didn't do anything. I didn't use all my any of my ghost stuff either. Yeah, and I I wish that the game ha we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into story. Yeah, I wish that the game had more of a morality system. I I didn't like that I was playing the game a very specific way. Yes, but the story kept insisting that I was playing it a different way. And again, we'll, we'll talk about it once we get into the story. That's one of my biggest complaints about the game. But it was, I agree with you. It's like, <laughs> Completely. don't, 
don't make it seem like I have a choice if the story is going to force me into a certain route. You right. Know? Um, but no, so I, I, the actual stance system though, if it was, if there was a little more like variation to it, like I wish that the enemies that we were fighting changed stances as well. That's like, what I really liked when, about one of the bosses toward the end of the game, um, which I don't want to spoil so we get into story mode, but that he changes as you go slightly. You're talking, yeah, okay. I think I'm the, the one, the one, yeah, <laughs> the end boss. You could just say that this game has an end yeah. boss. So he he kind of changes stances, and I was like, oh, that's cool. More guys should should do that. Like you it's take the guy the that you think is the main yeah. bad guy. By the way, <laughs> you take away, you bash the shield. Why can't they take out like a second sword and become a sword guy or something like that? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. That would have been really cool. Yeah, and the, and then in the third act of the game, something happens where I thought I was going to be fighting a new type of enemy. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wait, they're gonna be swordsmen with all these different stances and stuff as well. And I was really excited for that, and it just didn't happen. If there was more complexity to that, maybe not even me breaking their spear, turning them into a sword guy, but I'm a, I'm a sword guy with four stances. Why can't that spear guy have different stances that he's rotating between as he's going, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's such a cool foundation. And I really like, I can't stress enough. I love that system. It just needs some more layers on top of it to make it more uh, engaging. I don't like the idea of just that guy's holding a spear R2 triangle, 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 triangle. That guy's holding a, a shield. R2 circle, triangle, triangle, triangle. The the quick strikes, other than for dogs, are useless in this game. They're just not needed because you just... Any attack you do just is an automatic stagger on the enemy you're fighting if you're in the correct stance, you know? Yeah. So, like... And then later in the game, as you get more upgrades and stuff, it doesn't even matter if they're in the middle of attacking you. Your attacks always supersede their attacks. So it other than the heavy guy, the heavy guy you have to watch out for even late. Um, well, at the end I had so much resolve, like right now in the game, I have so much resolve that I can jump into a pack of 40 guys. Didn't even use it. And I'll just do this <laughs> and just hit the down button. And like, it doesn't matter that I'm not taking you guys one-on-one because I have 10, 12 heals. Mm-hmm. I'm good, <laughs> which is cool. Like I do feel like the ghost. I feel like a superhero, which toward the end of the game, you kind of become this legend. You become Japanese Zoro essentially. <laughs> Which um, is really cool, but I would also say the enemies could be smarter. Very dumb. They're dumb. Very dumb. The only times I did have challenges in the game are when I got surrounded by like 40 of them and I'm getting piked while I'm trying to just roll away. If you're taking them one on one. The fucking they don't even block even <laughs> even in that situation where you were surrounded. If you wanted to get out of that unscathed. You could, because all you do is just drop a smoke bomb and then right, chain which it. I didn't. I don't usually use myself. And then you chain assassinate, and they're all dead. So yep. it's like you can't be overwhelmed. It's it's other than the uh, the mortars late in the game. Um, you just they have no they have no defense. They they can't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of getting around the island, the transportation, the the horse and stuff like that, and the, the fast travels? I loved my horsey boy. We were we were great friends. Um, what did you name your horse? Uh, Kage. Okay. Mine was Nobu. Nobu. What, what's Nobu mean? Uh, moon. Moon. Okay. I think Kage was shadow. I think I chose I chose Nobu because it's Moon because my horse in Red Dead Redemption Two you get to like type out the name and name him and I named him Moon because he had a moon on his forehead. So I was like, Ooh, kismet. Oh my, All right. Oh my god. <laughs> and then and then something happens to Nobu. Um, <laughs> far and away. 
the best fast travel system in any game ever made. (laughs) Like, like it's not even a question. Like any point of interest that you've been to on that map, even every one of these little side projects that's all around the map is now a fast travel point. Like you're never, if you're, if you want to fast travel, you never have to walk more than, you know, a minute to get to your destination. Yep. It's always right there. It's great. I love it. And the, the, one of the technical achievements in the game, which is also possibly why some different things in the game don't look quite as good as the environment itself. The amount of the load time is ridiculous. Yeah. And I had read really somewhere good. they made the load time take longer so that you could read the tip that appears on the screen <laughs> because as they were play testing it, you couldn't read what was on the screen and it was annoying. Like that's amazing. And the amount of particle effects going on in the environment with the birds coming out of trees, the fireflies, the butterflies, the leaves, the ashes, the snow, the rain. It's amazing. And I thought that was amazing that how quick it loads. Like I, I knew if I fast traveled, not only would I get there faster, but I don't have to sit and wait for a loading screen. Um, as great as the fast traveling was though, I often found myself saying, I'm just going to ride my horse. I did that off because there was so much around the world to, to find like all the side projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up clearing everything, but so the first two sections of the islands of the island, I did every single thing. I completely cleaned those up. Mm-hmm. So it's just the third section that I have to mop up if I wanted to, as much as I enjoy going around the world, I don't think I'm going to. Um, but what did you think of all the, the collectibles and whatnot on the map. I liked them. I enjoyed them. I liked that they were all a little different or they had like a, a mini quest to do with them. Unlike a lot of games where it's just like, Oh, Hey, here you go. Although this game had the flags. So the flags that you have to collect are basically your average boring collectible in most games. Unless I walked by a banner, I wasn't going to collect it. Oh, me neither. I have no interest in collecting all the banners or all the Mongol artifacts. The mm-hmm. ones I collected were cool and I enjoyed the history of them. I don't but- think you need them for the platinum trophy nice good (laughs) because i also i'm pretty sure i blew up some camps where i thought like if i'm finding some artifacts in some of those camps why am i blowing them up now so that's good that i can't yeah i I thought that there were way too many fox dens like to the point where it was obnoxious but even still i pet that fox every time i didn't always have the he was such a good good boy what do you mean you didn't have the fox the fox the fox always led me to the thing but sometimes he would disappear and he'd coo and i couldn't find him he didn't get the pets. He didn't. I would say about twenty five percent of the foxes that I did, I they disappeared. <laughs> no pets. No pets. But if I could, I oh, pet them. Oh my god! You pet him and he does his cute little binky jumps away. It's it's adorable. I love oh, I it love so it. much. Yeah. Just so many of them though. Every every two seconds you're coming across a fox den. I think it's fifty six of them or something like that. There's or, a lot of fox dens and there's a lot of the temples. The shrines. The shrines are very Assassin's Creed. I, very Assassin's the Creed. shrines were my least favorite collectible, yeah. quote unquote, thing. It just they were. It was so bo- it. There was no challenge to getting to the top. It was literally just look and see where the next branch is or whatever. Right. And they were so long. It was obnoxious. Yeah, as they went on, some of them were ridiculous. And I didn't find the charms to be very useful. Like no. I pretty much just my initial set. Once I filled up all the slots, I was like. I, I'm not touching these ever again. Yeah, I, I never. Once my spots were filled, I don't think I ever looked at the charms at any point after that. Um, I just ignored it when it popped up. I didn't even look to see what, what it said. Uh, the hot springs, though, I really liked. Um, I loved just riding on my horse and seeing like the plumes of smoke from the hot springs. Yep. And then you go in, you 
get a little naked, you know, just reflect on what's going on, getting to choose what you want to reflect on. And yeah. it, was, it was nice because like whatever you were choosing to reflect on, there was, there was always like a little bit of a dichotomy between the two things. Something important and something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, like reflect on your uncle or Saki. <laughs> I chose Saki. Yeah, there were there were a lot of them. And it was just cool for him to just like have a, a little inner thought about this random thing. You know, I can't even remember any of them. None of them were like significant enough to me to remember what I was reflecting on. I remember the Saki. I remember him like reflecting <laughs> on like a lover's touch. And all he said was like, been a while <laughs> or something to that effect the bamboo was probably my favorite the bamboo strikes are again i i am always with this hyperbole here that's my favorite collectible thing ever in a video game it's just like a little fun memory game to play i would almost agree they're, they're definitely up there with like would you consider the joker's riddles to be a collectible or that's like a side mission the joker's riddles or the riddler's riddles the, the riddler's riddles. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i I did every one of them, Mike. I wasn't a huge fan of the Joker or the of the Riddler riddles. Would you say they were a collectible or a side quest, though? Collectible. All right. I always really because it was just like an environmental puzzle. Yeah. But no, the bamboo strikes are so fun. I really enjoyed them, and the the responsiveness of the buttons and the fact that he's going while you're pressing the buttons, so you have to like catch up and make sure you don't time out. Always felt good. Oh, I didn't even realize there was like a time limit on it. By the time you get to your, I think it's seven buttons. Yeah. By the time you get to the seven button press, he's he's going through while you're still going. He doesn't wait for you. Oh, see, I I was just, I must have just been more focused on my timing more than anything that I wasn't even like really looking at the screen as I was doing it. Oh, I always looked at the screen. I never really looked at my controller. Other than like if I got a wrong button press, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, this is a controller. There's not much to see on the screen because the buttons disappear. So once you know what the buttons are, like you just have to remember yeah. what they are. <laughs> And I just had so much fun with that. Every time I found a bamboo thing, I was like, yes. Yeah, I wish there were more. I wish I could have just like gone to my house at the end and just had like a permanent bamboo strike with just like a hundred combinations on it that I could have just practiced and played oh, that through. Cool. Because I think, yeah, there aren't that many. There aren't that many of those. I think I have all mine. Oh, no, I have two more to get, I think. I don't I don't know the numbers on anything. I Maybe there's 16 bamboo strikes. I could be making that up. I don't know. There can't Not possibly enough. be. After Not I get enough. my next resolve, there can't possibly be more. <laughs> they can't possibly give me more resolve. Well, that's one thing I don't like about the collectibles is like for each bamboo strike you do, you'll increase your resolve. Like you said, mm. at like seven bamboo strikes, you already have gotten like three resolve from these things. And then it's like next one's not till nine more bamboo strikes because they're like, they're really gatekeeping that last, <laughs> that last little bit. On, yeah. on everything. Well, it's kind of like the leader as well when you're doing the leaders. The last leader, I think, to get the stance to kill the brutes, which I don't remember the name, what, what that stance was. Wind? No, wind is shit. No, is. I want to say it was moon stance. I think you're right. Is nine leaders, nine or ten leaders. Wait, no, moon might have been the shield stance. Oh, the shield stance, wind. No, wind is definitely pike. That's pike, okay. Or lance. It's stone, wind. Stone is the only one I'm definitely sure of. Stone, wind, moon, and I want to say water or ocean or something to that effect, but I, I could be wrong. Whatever. That doesn't matter. <laughs> it's inconsequential. <laughs> um, the other thing I really liked in terms of the world was I loved, and I know this has been talked about in pretty much every pre preview about the game and review, is the the waypoint system, the guide system. Oh, it's is amazing. Wonderful. It's 
so simple. It's so clean. You just follow this wind and you follow where the wind goes, where the wind goes is that. And they kind of talk about how it's your father's spirit guiding you. And it's, it's beautiful and awesome and unintrusive. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect way to do waypoints. And like so many games have like these huge intrusive UIs. This game had, did such a good job of really making it feel like that cinematic experience that mm. they're going for that, you know, they wanted it to feel like a samurai film. Um, and I think they absolutely crushed it in that regard. And the, and the wind is just like icing as far as like making you forget that you're playing a video game, you know? Right. Cause like I, I love red dead too. And I'm really sad. I know you hate the beginning and I hate the beginning too. And it's tough to get through. So I've, that's why I've never said you should really get through it. Cause <laughs> It's such a slog to the beginning of Red Dead. But I mean, when you get into it, it's so cinematic and beautiful. But when you go to, you have a map on the side of your screen and your waypoints are on the screen as you go. And that really takes you out of this amazing landscape that they built. And Ghost of Tsushima, I, I always think of it as like Red Dead Samurai where I was playing. I was like, it's very similar. And it's just such a good way to do it. Like Grand Theft Auto, I could forgive like the GPS stuff because all right, you're in the city. Mm-hmm. But this, like a game that takes place in the past like this, ah, so good. Yeah, the the only thing about that that um, I wish was a little more gamey is so many times during missions, you have to follow footprints. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of obnoxious because the footprints themselves are always spaced like the exact same distance apart. And it's always like these weird, awkward clumps of just like... 30 just footprints, no footprints. This one <laughs> texture they threw down. But because I'm trying to follow them, I just would find myself staring at the ground the whole time as I was following them. I wish that they did something to highlight the footprints where I didn't necessarily need to be as focused on them, if that makes sense, where I could have actually been looking up and enjoying the world, not staring at the path in front of me looking for the footprints. Yeah, the first time I did a footprint one, I tried to hit the like ghost vision or whatever it's called to try to see if it would highlight and like say maybe highlighted for a little while as I ran. And it didn't happen. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, that was, that's probably the most gamey part of the game is following footprints. And it's weird how little detail there is in them. <laughs> I hated all the investigation missions. Yeah, yeah. I just thought this isn't I know you're trying to copy maybe Batman's open world formula, but you're not Batman. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. I would I would really have liked more more like we talk about the morality, but even morality in terms of choosing the outcome of your mission in terms of you're the samurai you're the judge jury and executioner i would have really liked more of that judge and jury kind of part of it where the dispute between two people is solved by you and Mm -hmm. you choose the outcome i thought that would have been interesting yeah instead of this murder investigation crap yeah (laughs) there might be one side mission where you can choose if you'd want but i don't think so but basically you're told like okay now execute the guy yeah and he's like did you this when he's like kneeling in front of a town and it says, okay, now execute him. And I don't know if you could walk away if you want or not. I don't think so. If you walk away, they'll probably be that. Would Re- you like to re- return to missionary? <laughs> so with, with that guy, I couldn't, he didn't deserve a samurai death. So I bowed him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There weren't enough samurai deaths in this game. I thought mm. um, there were a couple. I also like in terms of the waypoint, the, the bird, the bird is awesome. He yeah. got confused a couple of times when I'm in, in like a city and he'd bump into walls, which I thought was more hilarious than annoying. <laughs> but yeah, the bird, the bird is really cool too. And it makes it a lot more helpful to find your hidden things. It yeah. It's cool it because it's slog. like, 
you're walking and like you're focused on getting you're following the wind like you're just trying to get to your objective mm-hmm. but then you see then you hear that tweeting and you see the yellow bird and you go oh there's something undiscovered over in that direction and you follow this yellow bird and you get a bonus <laughs> it's the best it's a fox it's it's a fox and i can follow the fox now <laughs> oh it's a thing i can write a haiku yeah and then the the wild boars and bears were were fun to run into. Oh my god! The first time I met a bear, I was so scared. <laughs> I would have liked if they had done more with the with the deer, because they're there and you can kill them. But it doesn't seem like there's any point to it, as far as I can tell. In the loading screen tips, they explain that in Japanese tradition, deers are sacred, and killing one is very much frowned upon. Oh, I killed a couple. <laughs> Again, this game has no morality system, so. Who cares? It's almost like that's built in to kind of give you this morality system. I I had read that the game's weather would change based on the way you were playing, but I never noticed it while playing because I was very much the honorable play style the whole game. And the weather seemed like it was going about its business storming sometimes sunny days the next like it would storm if you were in an area where there was a fort that was controlled by Mongols still it would be stormy. You take it over, it goes sunny. But I never noticed any action that I did other than clearing the land of Mongols changed the weather. The weather was changing because I was killing. Yeah, but one of the developers had definitely said in an interview yeah, that the weather that. will change based on the way you're playing. And I honestly, when I read that, I started going fort to fort, assassinating everyone in the dark. And the, <laughs> Give me a storm. The, the weather never seemed like it would change. Well, I mean, you, you, find- could, you could change the weather with your flute, which was cool. I was cool, going to say, but- if you find enough crickets, Dave, you can change the weather however you want. <laughs> the last collectible of note, I would say. I mean, there's like different, there's other ones, but the haikus. Did you enjoy writing the haikus? Yes. It seems like something you'd be super into. I really like the haikus. I really like trying to find the perfect kind of combination because some of them were like, that doesn't even sound good. That's not about perseverance. <laughs> but and it also highlighted the because you get these close-ups of the environment, it really highlights just how beautiful the environments of the game are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't get super into them. And I was always I, excited to see what my headband was going to be. But I knew I knew yours were going... I knew you were going to get really into your haikus. I assume every haiku was a five-minute affair for you. Pretty really much. Yeah, about it. Like, oh, I got to make sure this one's right. <laughs> you should have um, seen the final haiku you write. I was like... I gotta make sure this one's fucking great. This has to be perfect. <laughs> My uncle doesn't cry when he reads this. <laughs> um, but I, so even though I didn't get super invested in the haiku as I was writing it, I did like the system of writing it. The idea of like looking around the environment and seeing something and going, okay, that's, and having a thought about that. Right. And the the way like you're, it almost feels like your inner monologue again is what's writing the haiku. And I liked when you got the headband at the end, you can actually read your haiku on the headband, yeah. which, I, which I thought was interesting. I don't think you get to choose what, he- I don't think your haiku affects what headband you get. No, it's always going to be the same. I think if you're like doing the, if it tells you to reflect on perseverance, you're going to get the headband of perseverance or whatever they call it, you know? Correct. Um, but yeah, you write a haiku, you get a free headband. <laughs> Life is good. Finding the towers with the, I thought the sword skins were all really cool too. Yeah, they're okay. I found some of them like were more like, None of them really match. Ostentatious, so I'd have to find one like my Gosaku armor or whatever. The really big, ridiculous one. Yeah. I, I was like, all right, he's getting that tiger skin ridiculous one. But mm-hmm. when I was in ghost armor, I was like, I got to get something sleek. Yeah, I most of them were a, a bit, what is, what's the word, ornate? Like there were Some of them are very ornate, yeah. <laughs> like just a lot going on. I had trouble finding ones that really fit like the armors I was wearing. 
I ended up just going with an all black one towards the end. You get one in third Island at the end. I was, um, I guess let's want to talk about the armors. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I think the armors, we could just kind of touch upon them. I, I, I really enjoyed the looks of them. Yeah. I like the, was it the Sakai armor that gives you, uh, up to five standoff standoffs. Yes. yes. I like that one for a while. I use that with the big deer ears. I use the. Oh, see, I, I would never wear a helmet. I'd sometimes wear a straw hat, but usually I was just a headband. I would, um, because you know that this is kind of how I would play. When I destroyed, after I'd take a fort, I would go back into my regular clothes with a headband, and then I'd attack the fort and go back into gear, and I'd samurai up. Yeah, that that was something that really bugged me. Um, at the beginning of the game, when I thought the game was challenging, <laughs> <laughs> I was like super determined to always be wearing the right armor for the situation, mm-hmm. and it was really obnoxious, like. As I was roaming around, I wanted to wear the traveler's attire because it gave me like a a wider field of vision for destroying the fog of war, you know, Correct. to see more of the map. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, now. And then in the second island, I'm like, okay, well, I'm about to do standoff, so I should switch to the Sakai armor. Uh, and then once I finished the standoffs, I'm like, okay, now it's time to switch to whatever this other armor is. And I found myself switching armor like constantly to the point where it was taking me out of the experience, like by a, a large I was really taken out of the experience. Like I would do a standoff. Mm-hmm. And while I should be watching this cool visual flair that's happening, <laughs> I'm in the pause screen trying to pick my next armor. You know, oh, that's that's even more extra than me. I just was traveling well, tired. No, then I would be my the, this, this is this is the the two of <laughs> us and why we're different. I was doing it because I was trying to optimize, optimize my play stats, style. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing it because, well, I'm not fighting. Why would I be wearing armor? Exactly. It would look ridiculous. <laughs> That's just silly. <laughs> it's summertime in the South Island. I'm not going to wear my 80 pound samurai armor. So Dave. I would have loved it if you had to go to like an armor in the city to change your armor or something and like just make me commit to something or you could do what like a game like Final Fantasy did where you have the weapon, but once you like reach a certain potential with it, you get that benefit of that weapon on anything that you wear, you know? Well, I think or we something talked about it in the Final Fantasy review that that's probably the best weapon upgrade system of all time. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and I would have liked something, because like, it's not like they're trying to balance the game. You're already insanely powerful and it's super easy. Like, Right. But what, the, if, what if they did loadouts just so it was a little quicker in the gear screen? I You just don't want to go to the gear screen at all. I don't want to go to the gear screen right. at all. And it would be weird if you let me like the right button and just like immediately change my outfit or something. Um, I think the idea of having to go to a place in town to change your armor would be cool because I'm pretty sure you can't just put your own armor on anyway. Isn't it like, aren't these guys like knights? Don't, don't you? It takes your, whatever their equivalent (laughs) of squires is to put them on. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, you're not tying those ties. in the back. So that's a change that I would have made is not don't, because I'm going to change my armor constantly. If you let me just don't let me towards the last third, if not half of the game, I just went straight traveler attire because I thought it was the best looking piece of mm-hmm. gear. Um, and again, the game was hard and I was like, well, this doesn't give me any bonuses, so <laughs> it'll give me the most challenge. I guess <laughs> I went mostly Sakai armor. I was using the just regular plain old samurai armor until I got that, mm. but I wanted to look like a samurai when I was, when I was fighting. And then when I learned that it didn't fucking matter that if I was honorable or not, now I just look like the ghost because I'm like, well, if you're going to tell me if you told me from the beginning that I had no choice and I was always just going to end up being Batman or Zorro, 
I would have just wore this fucking armor the whole time. Yeah, the the, the ghost armor was really cool looking. I do like and it all. The game leans too heavy into capes though, because the capes visually don't look good, but they want to put capes on everybody. And yeah. it's it's constantly like clipping through me and stuff. It's like, why do you even give me a cape? I, <laughs> I was like, if it was on like the Mongolians and it had clipping, okay, it's not a side character, whatever. No, not it's, your main it's, character? Come on. They're going for this super cinematic game and like right in front of my face is this ugly cape clipping through my armor. Well, if like, we're going to talk ugly, Dave, every character that's not Jin is, and maybe a couple of the supporting characters are fucking atrocious. They're the worst looking characters of all time. You know, like that doesn't bother oh, me at man. all. That like, totally took me out clip, of it. Clipping really bothers me because it just doesn't look right. But mm-hmm. like low res textures and stuff, it's nothing to I me. I mean, they look like PlayStation like yeah. three characters. Yeah, no, I, I saw them. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, come on, the, the environments are so beautiful. And then you get these characters that are just but ugly. It's just kind of really, it, it didn't take me out. Of, it did take me out of experience because I was just kind of bummed about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, they can not put any work into these guys. <laughs> I tried to take a photo uh, today to try to get some photos to post on Instagram. And I'm about to duel a Ronin. And I noticed the arm goes into like this pencil shape. And then his hand is stuck on like he was a Lego toy. And I was like, well, I can't take this photo because it looks ridiculous. <laughs> so it's like so some of the low res characters, which is probably why one of the things they got by to make the lo- worlds load so fast, just kind of irked me a little. Yeah. Yeah. It, I can see why that would offend some people. It's just not a not a me thing. No, it's not something that you yeah. make them all squares. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the game is is gorgeous. So it's just like some of the things that are like not nice and then yeah, the- great. The only thing that really threw me off graphically was the clipping of the cape was just really like an eyesore, like mm-hmm. to the point where it was distracting. And then sometimes like the fields of grass, like blowing in the wind would just look like a giant block to the point where it was confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't load in the textures. Cause some, sometimes these fields would look really nice and other times it would just be like, like an, an ocean, like just one solid piece you know? I would almost wonder if because we're not on the PlayStation Pros, if that loaded them maybe a little better. Maybe. I had times when my horse looked like that <laughs> and it was like a texture. Uh, it didn't have the texture maps on it. So it looked like an action figure horse. And I was just like, where's my horse has these like scars on him? Did you play with the uh, Kurosawa mode at all? Only for about five minutes. But the world is so colorful and beautiful that I was just like, I, I appreciate Kurosawa mode, but I couldn't do the whole game like that. Yeah, I I've probably played two to three hours i'm gonna say i'm gonna say three hours just because it makes it sound like i did it more um <laughs> in the curse out mode after i beat the game this weekend i went in again and i was just trying to do a couple side missions and collect a little bit just to kind of refresh because we waited so long to do this episode i i beat this game a month ago at this point i'm surprised you remember so much about um, it <laughs> so there was a long there's a long hiatus there while i was waiting for you to finish this one i, I really think we got we got to stick to three to four weeks five <laughs> five is too many for a game but yeah so I was doing it for like three hours and it was interesting because it made the game a little more difficult, which is cool because you can't really see the uh, unblockable attack icons and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little more distorted. Right. And it was really cool to be playing in that world of like the black and white because you really do feel like you're playing in a Kurosawa movie. They do such a good job with it. I want to be able to do it long term, though, just because the they do the sound as well. I did. And, that, yeah. And while I think the black and white is really cool the the old sound is not great like i don't why would i want that it would have been nice if they give me the option to choose 
audio and visual separately. Yeah. Um, I do like that the menu screen goes all Kurosawa too, though, when you change. Yeah. Oh, that was a nice touch. Yeah. No, I'm a, I mean, I love Kurosawa films. So like, it was really exciting to get to experience that and experience this whole game because of that, you know, mm-hmm. like the past month, I've probably watched like four or five movies just because like I was, <laughs> I was vibing on it hard. I really want to, cause I know that Tsushima is a real historical event. I was really trying to find some like history channel documentaries or something, but I can't find it. I, I did not even know it was a real event until like a week ago, <laughs> but see, I, I remember, it does, I don't think it affects it, the game at all. You know, it doesn't. Oh, I thought that was really cool that it's, kind of got this overarching yeah, it, true history to it. It's cool if you already know the history of Tsushima to see how they play in that space, I'm sure, because I'm sure they take a lot of liberties or at least some liberties, but you definitely don't need to know anything about it to enjoy oh, no, the experience of the game. I didn't remember anything about Tsushima other than it was real, and that was it. Yeah, that shit was real. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, so the Kurosawa mode was pretty cool, and it, I'm glad that they had it, but I, I would have liked if they had like a mode where I can just like in the Kurosawa mode, if I could just like go like fort to fort and just fight in that mode, not necessarily have to travel around in that mode <laughs> mm. uh, because navigating the world didn't feel as great either. But actually having a, like a Sam, like a big samurai brawl um, in the middle of town in black and white was really cool. fun. <laughs> and, and, and normally I'm not someone that gets into like the different, like, uh, filters and stuff they let you put on the game, even though this doesn't even seem like a filter. It seems like it seems like I don't know what it is, but I feel like they did more than just throw a sepia filter or a black and white filter over well, it. You well, know? Yeah, when they were making the game and they decided on Kurosawa mode, they were like, it's got to be the game has to be built around Kurosawa mode. So they actually changed stuff around to make sure that it worked within this filter hmm. and that the filter was part of the game, which actually influenced how they changed some of the waypoints and some of how you can tell attack variances and stuff like that. Because they're like, well, we have Kurosawa mode also has to be playable. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, I know they kind of, they said anyway that they changed things around. But they also said that weather affects your play style, which is. They did say that. <laughs> Do you have anything else for uh, story, for uh, world and gameplay? For world and gameplay, I mean, see, I don't know if this is like after, uh, would count for afterthoughts or I'll just leave it for afterthoughts. So no, I, I don't think, I think we got into most of the gameplay. We have an afterthought section. Should I be, should I be keeping something in my back pocket? Only if you want to. (laughs) I just have thoughts on like, (laughs) if you have something to say, say it, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things I loved about the game was (laughs) I, I love the dual mode, but the entire time I'm playing the dual mode, I just kept thinking about for honor or when we were playing what's deadliest warrior, those kind of like one-on-one dual kind of things. I was like, it would be great if they just put a DLC expansion pack on where it was just a dual mode, two on two, nothing fancy. Just like tack on. Here you go. It's free. It took us two minutes to put together. I think that would be would have been a lot of fun. All right. What'd you think of the the story of the game? I love the story of this game, but I also hate the story of this game. The the mission structure was I thought it was really boring. Not boring, but like the idea of okay, here's the three missions you have to do, and then you're gonna do the the, the act attack. break. And then do the next set of three missions or four missions. And then we're going to do the next act break. And then we're going to do the final set of four. <laughs> and then we'll do the finale. So that, that structure was kind of, I don't, I want, I want a game to tell me what to do when it comes to the story, you know, just say, this is the, like, just take me on a story from start to finish. 
I don't, that's one of the things I don't like about open world games. You know, like when I'm playing a game like Grand Theft Auto and I see Luigi has missions for me and Tony has missions for me <laughs> and Maria has missions for me over there. And I'm like, well, which order am I supposed to do them to the point where I just go, okay, well, I'm going to do all of Luigi's missions. And then it's going to say, come back later. And I'll say, okay, now I'm going to do all Tony's missions until it tells me to come back later. And then, oh, wait, is Luigi back open? I'm going to go back to him. (laughs) And then I'm not doing Maria's missions until the end of the game, you know? And I'd rat, and that's fun. Those are all like standalone missions to where it's interesting. With this, though, where it's trying to tell like a narrative, I would have rather they just said, go here, now go here, now go here. And see, I I didn't mind it that much because it was only three of them, it wasn't like a thousand million. Sure, but like you get to the second island or the second, I keep calling them islands, but it's all one island. Yeah. Um, I get to the second section of the island and they give me my missions and one of them is, yeah, go get Sakai armor. I'm like, well, it's armor. So of course I want to do that first because it might make me more powerful. Yeah. So then I did that, but I had to go all the, go way, to the, all the way to the top of the island. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other missions were right there in the area. So I'm like, do they want me to be doing this right now? Is this supposed to be like the conclusion to this one? Like, I don't know. I just feel like me getting my armor, mm-hmm. me reclaiming my family armor or whatever, that could have been like a really cool narrative moment in the game. But instead it was just a thing that I did um, because they're not like really trying to tell me a compelling narrative while I'm doing the missions. It, I disagree with those. I mean, you get all the flashbacks, which are nice with the Sakai armor, maybe with some of them, like, so the Yarakawa, the pirate that's supposed to go. The pirate that's supposed to go tell the Shogun that we need more samurais. Those missions really can be done in any order because they don't really matter. But they don't they don't have the emotional weight. But you've got that Sakai clan armor that does. And every time you do a mission in the first island, you get that flash to the uncle and you get a lot of flashbacks to your childhood, mm-hmm. which I really like the, the childhood flashbacks. I thought those were cool. Yeah, they were interesting. Um, even that, though, like. I feel like they tried to make a big deal about you watching your father die and about how you didn't, your father asked you to help him and you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were trying to sell that like as like a big piece of the narrative, but again, it, it never it, happened. Nothing it happened just felt you. like it's kind of its own separate flashback over in the side there. Um, I never felt like I like became worthy of my father or something. If I was supposed to, like I just didn't quite understand what they were going for with that. Yeah. I thought there was going to be something where he was going to hesitate at one point or something. And it never came back. It was almost like, Hey, when he was a kid, he really couldn't get over this. But by the time we meet him, it's almost, even though he doesn't want to put on the armor, he's already kind of over it though. Mm-hmm. So that was a little man. It was all a story about his uncle. So don't bring the father into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did enjoy the thing with the uncle. The other thing I really like about the mission structure is, I know which ones are the side missions. Like you said, sometimes you don't know. And I know that it's three and then the big mission. And it's so quick to get done. Whereas so many story missions, like I love Red Dead 2 when the story is meaningful, but it meanders so much because they just feel like, let's give you 175 story missions. No, just five, like 20 story missions is fine. And then make the rest all side missions that I can do later on. And so I can follow a narrative and not get bored. Mm-hmm. which this game I think does a fantastic job. Of. I think, I think they do a great job with that as I just wish that the story beats were more like neatly tied together. Mm. I, I didn't like just the openness of choosing which of the three you wanted to do or whatever. I did like the act structure though. I liked the ability to that when I opened the new thing, the new act started with a new title card 
and it was bombastic and very Kurosawa film, especially when Act Three starts. And it's just like, wow, shit's real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did let me ask, uh, Did you like Jin? So, Jin was. I yes, I liked Jin. I think he was a very interesting character. I liked that he has, you know, he's got his group of allies mm-hmm. and he acted different enough with each of them to where you felt like he had a relationship with them. Sure. Like the gin that was hanging out with his uncle was pretty like kind of uptight. But when he's hanging out with, with uh, Yuna, he's a little more laid back with Norio. Like they kind of get like the bro thing going on. Yep. He's always very, very uh, wary of, I'm bad with the names, but Archer Man and Dead Family Woman. Um, Masako and I don't remember the Archer guy's name. <laughs> sure. Um, but I like that with them. He's like, there's a, he has this dis, like he trusts them, but there's like a distrust whenever he's talking to them. He's like kind of questioning, like, are you sure that's all there is to this? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Well, there's, they're kind of samurai who kind of are off the beaten path in a, in a way. And who have their own agenda that don't match his. Yeah, I, but yeah, I, overall, yeah, I definitely like Jen. I think he's a very unique character. He seemed kind of stiff, but I mean, he's a samurai, so he's supposed to feel that right. way, I think. I, I think it's a, a really unique portrayal of a character. That, And I think there's a lot more depth to him than you... I feel like to see the depth of Jen, you need to play the whole game, play a lot of the side missions, all those uh, Tales of Tsushima like story arcs for all the individual characters because you really see him become fleshed out as a character. If you were just mainlining this game, you'd probably think that Jin's a pretty flat guy um, Mm -hmm. across the whole way. Yeah. Um, I thought he was a little stiff. I would have liked to have a couple more moments like he has with Yuna before the second big battle where they're drinking and you find out about Yuna's backstory and you can see that it, it touched him and it, it, it's really important to him to be with Yuna and to, be her protector and to try to get her back on the side of like not the light side because she's not evil but mm-hmm. the side of the samurai the side that he believes is right and to see their dichotomy of of them changing each other but those like kind of more personal moments are something i'd really have liked to see more of in adult Jin. but his is you're right that his attitude is different with each character which i really like as well which mm-hmm. i never really realized until now Especially yeah. with Kenji, he's real chill. <laughs> uh, with Kenji, he's like, come on, man. <laughs> but also, he's like, get your shit together. <laughs> I also really like Kotal Khan. Kotal Khan is a Mortal Kombat character. I mean, uh, Kotun Khan. Uh, it's Kotun Khan. I'm it's, pretty sure it's Kobul. Did you just pronounce it different? K-H-O-T-U-N. Is it Kotun? Okay, I thought it was Kobul Khan. But word. But I really like the fact that he's trying to live up to his grandfather, Genghis, and his the way that the Mongols and historically how they conquered and were kind of. Let me bring this piece of your culture in and let me learn from you. Yeah, he comes like, in. He, I like that it's like he, they come in and yeah, they kill a bunch of people at the very beginning. But from that point, they're like, all right, guys, let's all just be chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's that's the Mongolian way is let's invade, take over. But just. Just join the fucking family, guys. Just join the family. I mean, if you don't, just bad shit. We're going to do some bad, bad shit. Yeah, bad shit can happen, but you can also just join the family. <laughs> we got fermented milk. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, Koten, 
Coton. Yeah, we said Coton. Him and uh, Shimura, oh, like when they when he's captive, just their conversations are interesting. Where where uh, he's explaining to Shimura what Jin's doing about how dishonorable Jin's being out there in the world, even though at that time I was not being dishonorable and that's bullshit. I stabbed. We'll, we'll get into I it. I stabbed one guy in the neck because they told me they to, did, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only, that's the only ghost kill I had done when they tried, when they made me do it. Um, and Shimmer just being like, no. And then, then later him being like, doesn't matter even if he is like, I, I don't know. I just enjoyed their conversations. I can't really remember them specifically, but I remember at, at first Shimmer was like, no, that's not Jin. But then in the later conversations, he's like, doesn't it, he was not like, going to make me work with you, dude. Yeah. He, he was like acknowledging that Jin was changed. Like, yeah, we'll fix it. Well, everything will be fine. Once Jin rescues me. <laughs> I, did you read any of the scrolls with Koten Khan and the you, person? You subscribing know, to them? damn well, I did not read any fucking scrolls. So when you go into some of the Mongolian bases, there are these scrolls written by a Japanese historian who convinced Koten to, can I chill with you while we conquer Japan? And he's writing about Koten Khan, like completely just not that he's bad, not that he's good. And the things that Koten Khan is telling him about how he wants to conquer Japan, why he's doing this, what his childhood was like in Mongolia, why he learned Japanese, that he loves the samurai. He really appreciates their culture, that they're stuck in their ways. So that's how he's going to defeat them. And it's just really interesting to like see what's in his mind. Like these aren't his enemies in a personal way that he absolutely respects them. And I think that makes him a, an even more, which you kind of see in the cinema sequences as well. But he's a very interesting antagonist in that yeah, you, I didn't really hate him, but I knew he had to go. That's even without reading those. I mean, I would, now I kind of wish I did read some of those because it sounds like it does add a lot of depth to his character. But even in the sequences that you see, like, you can tell that there's not really like any hate in his heart as he's doing what he's doing. You know, it's just, he's got this like desire to be better than the shadows he's living in. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, this is what I have to do. This is my job, (laughs) (laughs) but not in like a, I just work here kind of way, but like, (laughs) but this is what we're doing. Right. Um, But reading that's actually interesting because it makes me, one thing that was like throwing me off at the beginning is he throws Jin off the bridge during that first fight. And he knows Jin didn't die. Like he doesn't think he killed Jin when he threw him off the bridge. Mm-hmm. And at that time, like I was like, Oh, okay. So I just happened to survive this. But then he says, go find him to, to the Mongolian. So he knew the fall wouldn't kill me. And I never really got an explanation as to why he let me live because it seems like he didn't want me to die. Well, I think you're the bargaining chip with Shimura at that point. And he still wants you there because he wants sure, but he, Tsushima Samurai to be on his side. So he didn't just want me in handcuffs? Like that wasn't like a thing that would be like cool for him? Well, I think <laughs> a broken gin is a less dangerous gin at that point. Although he was whooping my ass, but <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to go back learning what I've learned about like how to play the game a little better. I'd wonder how long you can last against Coton before the game kind of goes all right, now you gotta you gotta stop. We gotta win. Well, in Sekiro, <laughs> you can beat Genichiro at the very beginning of the game if you're good enough. Oh, really? But he's still gonna chop your arm off. <laughs> <laughs> For the second castle, Shumura's castle, I actually tried to go and see if I could take it on my own, kind of Breath of the Wild style. And you can't. <laughs> People just keep going. There's just infinite waves. And I was like, 
All right, I'll stop. <laughs> I didn't like in that. Um, it's a little more more about my morality issues with the game, but when you're in the uh, the keep invasion at the very beginning to to rescue your uncle, they teach you how to do the. It's been so long. I can't think of the name of the assassination, but the through the door assassination. Oh, the Soji, the Shoji assassination or something I th- like that. I think it is Shoji. Shoji. Um, even if it's not, I don't care. It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> but they teach you how to do it. And this is where I was at with the game at that point. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to press square to kill this guy through the door. And I was just standing there for a good minute and a half going, I really don't want to fucking do this because I thought for sure I was going to stab that guy through the door and my uncle was going to be sitting in that room staring at me <laughs> with a big gasp on his face. Like, why did you do this? <laughs> I was glad that they didn't go that route. Cause yeah. that would have been really frustrating. Um, but I just sat there in front of that, in front of that door for a while. Cause I did not want to assassinate this guy. I wanted that prompt to go away. I wanted to open that door and I wanted to say, yo, let's do this. <laughs> There was another moment where I was the game literally paused itself and it was some kind of assassination and I spun the camera around just waiting like there's no way there's no I, there's, I don't want to do this. I think there's three moments in the game. I think there's a jumping assassination at the beginning of the game. There's the through the door one and then there's poisoning a guy or poisoning an entire world at one point where you don't <laughs> have a choice. But I think those are the three moments where like you don't have a choice about how you kill this guy in front of you. See, that's what really we can get into the morality now. I mean, if we yeah, want, no, that's all part of this. That really bothered me. The first time I blow gun somebody, I was like, whatever. It's part of the three times. The second time I blow gun somebody, it was by accident because I was trying to use my arrow and I got a flashback and I, I don't know if you did it. If you didn't accidentally use a blow gun, you probably didn't get this flashback if you used it the second time where your uncle is talking about what's fair and what's right always attack somebody from up in front again. He's giving you another lecture and about how poisons, assassinations, kunai, smoke bombs are all bad. Mm-hmm. And you flash back and the guy's choking up blood. And you're like, I'm so sorry, uncle. And I was so I, upset I did get that. that I did that, that I reloaded my fucking checkpoint to the beginning of that mission after getting pretty far in the mission going, well, no, I'm a samurai. I'm not the ghost. <laughs> I don't want this ending. Being tricked by like all the marketing is like, there are two sides to you. And two ways to play. There are Yeah. It's there. I mean, there are multiple ways to play much like Batman. You could be stealthy or you can be an animal, mm-hmm. but it doesn't affect anything you do. You're still forced to make these decisions that aren't who you have been throughout the game. And that's a big part of the reason why I complained a little bit earlier about the structure of the missions. Like, it seems like they have a very specific arc they want my character to go on. I mean, I know they do because mm-hmm. I played the game. I've seen that arc. <laughs> yeah. And I don't get why they give me that weird flexibility in it when they can just send me on a narrative where maybe you make me be dark in these missions as I'm going. Like, maybe, maybe I do something progressively worse as the game goes on. Um, but no, it's just stab a guy through a door, jump on a guy's head, and then poison an entire fucking village. <laughs> That's just that really pissed me. If I would have been okay, like if I knew going into this that I had no choice, that I was going to be the ghost, I would have played differently. I would have tried a couple of missions stealthily. But as it is, I've so I've beaten the entire game, and now I'm gonna do some scrub missions to clean up the map. And now I'm gonna go, okay, let me try the blow dart. Let me try mm-hmm. to do something without getting spotted. But I played 95% of this game 
thinking what I did and how I played it mattered. But now I'm just fucking Batman. Yeah, once once you poison the keep. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay, I'm the ghost now. Like, not that I was ever like saying like, no, I'm a samurai. I need to play honorably. But at that point I was like, okay, there is no choice for me in this game. And I still played that way just because that's the, the way that I found play, yeah. the most interesting. Because as soon as you start using the ghost weapons, the game becomes even easier. And I'm telling you about how I think the game's <laughs> too easy. Just using my sword and parry <laughs> sticky bombs. Um, I don't know what I was saying. I don't know the choices. Like just being the ghost. I, I just like I rejected the ghost armor pretty much immediately. Like, no, I'm putting my samurai armor on. A because no, at that I'm point I'm playing I'm playing violently. So by then, I mean I was I wore the ghost armor for a bit just because it looked cool. But then I went back to the traveler armor. Mm. I just toward the uh, the, the end traveler of the game, attire. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the game, you never get this choice. You never to the very, very end, and your choice really doesn't have anything to do with whether you're a ghost or a samurai. The end of the game's choice really boils down to whether you are true to your uncle or you're kind of vengeful toward him, I think. I disagree entirely. I think it's all about the way that you're playing the game. I mean, it gives you the choice. What what did you choose to do? I killed him. (laughs) (laughs) That motherfucker is dead. So you... (laughs) You were vengeful towards your uncle? Is no, that- I think that's the opposite. I, th- I didn't think that was vengeful. That's the samurai way. To him, personally, that's how he should have gone out. To lose that fight and to go back to him, even if he could lie about it and say, yes, the ghost is dead. He li- That's living dishonorably. And the fact that he lost a fight and wasn't mur- killed for it. He had to get the, uh, the old gut. Well, like you said, that's the, the samurai way. But this entire game is about the, the narrative they're forcing on me is about me rejecting the samurai way. It's about me saying I need to be more than the samurai way. And at that point, I'm not a samurai, even if I want to be one. Even if I'm playing like one, I've clearly rejected all that code. And then it's like, why? If I'm not bound to this, this stupid honor, what's the line? He says it's really it's a it's a really good line, but I'm blanking on it now. You um, oh. He, you have no honor and you're... Oh, it, it's, it's, I know it's definitely... And you're a slave to yours. You're a slave to yours, Is yes. what Jin says to his uncle when, when he uh, calls him out on his honor. And Jin's not a slave to that anymore. So why would he kill his family member? Because he still loves his uncle. Like he, he knows that his uncle is bound to this code and that's the only reason he's the way he is, you know? Right. And if you love your uncle, you don't cut his head off. Don't cut or, his head off. You split his intestines sure, out. Let him sure. chill out on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, like, there's no way the canon ending. There's no way the canon ending to this game is you killing him. If there's a Ghost of Tsushima two that follows this direct narrative, your uncle is still alive. There's no way mm. Jin kills him in the canon ending. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would disagree. The because whole it's not game like, is the whole game is about rejecting that system. It's not rejecting honor. It's not all of a sudden being like, um, it's still this. It's the samurai code, but it's more. It's still there's still honor. Jin is still honorable. Yeah, there, it's a samurai code, but more it's but it's more than that. It's about the samurai code. Is broken. The samurai code is you're a slave to the samurai code. There's ex- the exact words, right? 
and you sometimes you need to do more than that. There's this honor is not justice is essentially like what the game is trying to tell you. Sure. Um, and yeah, no, I don't see how there's any kind of justice in essentially letting your uncle believe that he's living without honor, that he's living his own living. That's he's living his own hell. That's his truth to live, bro. <laughs> I think There's no way Jin kills his daddy. I <laughs> uh, see. I disagree. I think no. Way. I think that's the only true ending is to kill the uncle, to give him what he wants, to make peace with himself. And no, you get this you... lovely moment between the two of them. No way. Where did you see the other ending? Because I didn't. I haven't watched the one where you walk away yet. I got to watch that on YouTube. But it's the one where he walks away again. It's it's been a month now. Um, you walk away and your uncle yells at you, and he's basically like, "This isn't over." There. They're going to come for you or whatever. Mm -hmm. I forget what Jin says. I want to say he says, let them, but I think that's too corny. I don't think he says that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so he just, it's literally just your uncle shout something and you, as you walk away. See, I, that's just doesn't seem like enough. When you kill, when you kill your uncle, you get this whole conversation between the two of them where the uncle essentially says that he's proud of him and that like, this is what the uncle wanted. That he's glad, although he lost, he's glad he didn't have to kill his son. They call each other father and son. And the uncle tells him, tells Jin to meet him on the other side. In other words, the uncle thinks Jin's going to heaven. But the uncle doesn't think that Jin's necessarily a bad guy. Oh, I don't, I don't know anything die. about, you know, samurai afterlife. So, But I, I thought it was, it's, it's this beautiful moment in conversation where they they come to terms with each other and they finally have this last moment of this actual moment of being a true father and son. I'm sure it's a beautiful moment and a great conclusion for that character. But unfortunately his story ain't over. Cause that dude's still alive. I'm just, I'm just telling you he's still alive. I don't think Tsushima too would, would have uh Shimura in there. I think it might, have- if he's not in there, he's alive. He's just alive off screen. <laughs> but I'm thinking if they directly follow this, like a Jin story, mm-hmm. his uncle's still alive. Oh, see, I think they would kill him off anyway. Whether by old, whether just by old age or in a battle or just like an offhand remark that he's no longer around, I'd be interested if you fight whoever took over your samurai uh, clan, though. Like yeah, they're not a good samurai clan or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The other thing about gameplay that really bothered me, and it, it's it's stupid, but I for some gameplay. reason it really bothered me. Or no, story wise, this but is also, hours ago. It's story <laughs> end game when you're making when you have to make that fucking grappling hook and he ends up using it like a grap like a grappling hook like batman really pulled me out of the story of this it's historic it is a kurosawa film but it's also pretty much very historical very real life and all of a sudden you're using a grappling hook to shoot around and it's like this magical device i know it's a gameplay mechanic but it also pulled me out of the story it's a a bit much i can see that i will say the only thing this game does better than sekiro is the grappling hook because the grappling hook in sekiro is Awful. Which is weird because that's like one of their selling parts in Sekiro is, you got this awesome arm! <laughs> the arm is awesome, <laughs> but mechanically, it sucks. Like, there's, <laughs> you can only use it on fixed points and it's the game has a lot of trouble registering if you're in range of that fixed point and that you're aiming Grappling at. Grappling hooks only work on tree stumps that are somehow growing right out of a mountainside <laughs> with rags on them. Yeah, don't forget the rags. <laughs> oh, no rags, no grapple. <laughs> That kind of pulled me out of the story. And then one of the mythological stories has you fighting a demon in a dreamscape, whereas the rest of the game had you 
learning that all of this mythology and demons aren't real, that it's all just men are the demons. Yeah. You, well, you were, it was cool looking. Weren't you like poisoned or something in that? I think maybe. Again, again a month ago, so I could be mistaken. It, that but. was like one of the first mytholo- mythological ones I played, so that was a while ago for I, me. I really liked the Mythic Quests, though. Like, no, overall. they were really cool. And they added a lot to gameplay and made everything. They were a fun mission to go through. And yeah. the stories at the beginning told by the musician were really well. Yeah. Which means another thing about gameplay that I love is the Japanese dialogue. I'm, did you play 100% Japanese? Yeah. Uh, I, I switched to English for maybe like five minutes just, just to, to see it. it but. I love the dialect in the game. I love that it really absorbed you into Japan. I love learning online. Obviously, I don't know Japanese. Yeah, I, kn- I knew you were going to bring this up. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that they actually got historians to do the dialect for the game where it's actually 15th century Japanese, which is really cool. Yeah, it's, it's historically accurate. <laughs> it's cool. It's It was a waste of their money, at least for the American release. For the American release, yeah. <laughs> but people in Japan probably found it pretty interesting. I know a lot of Japanese reviewers love this game. And there's a Japanese developer, and I should have written down who it was, but he was basically embarrassed that it wasn't Japan that made this game. That it, it took an American company to make a game about Japanese, a true Japanese history. Mm. And I thought that was a really interesting comment. But the game really does that so fantastically throughout all the missions throughout the, the world is this is Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about Ryuzo at all, um, but Ryuzo's story is, is kind of generic. Well, he has a he has an interesting arc that just doesn't get enough play like it doesn't it doesn't become a big enough deal i love the little conversations between them the the idea that he's a guy that came from nothing and like he was so close to getting to be a samurai but Jin took that from him without even realizing it mm-hmm. and like all that resentment that he's carrying for him the whole game that like gets hinted at but never seen because it's not his story it's Jin's story so it's only like a backdrop thing for you i wish that it got fleshed out a little bit more the, the way they did it was kind of weak, but I really thought I Rizzo think, was going to be the main bad guy. I think he's probably the most interesting character, though. Like, as far as like the arcs go, I think eh, no, I like Kotal. <laughs> I can't think of his name again. Coton. Coton. Uh, I think he has the most interesting backstory and everything based right. on this, but I really did like Ryuzo's deal. I liked him. I, I didn't think that he was going to betray me there, though. I thought that his people were going to betray him. And then he was going to work with Jin because like when they say, why were they well fed or whatever after you rescue them? Right. I thought, I, say, yeah, I was like, oh, OK, so now Ryuzo's men are going to turn on him because they're going to work with Toten. With Give Ryuzo the old samurai sword at the end. Yeah. But instead, they all work, together, which is also kind of cool because Jin is this guy's best friend or a really good friend of him. And to know like he's all about his men mm-hmm. and he's very clear that he's all about his men and the missions that you have with him about how important right. it is for him to provide for them and everything just to know that he was willing to betray Jin for them. Like, I think it really leans into what he was all about. I just wish that we got more out of it. He got, yeah, he kind of fizzles out during the second act and just becomes this one note. I'm going to do what Coton says. Do when we see him burn that body and unlock the castle, he's, he's so torn about it and screaming to the castle walls, open the doors, let them in. Like he doesn't want to have to burn another body. And then it just kind of like fizzles out. Right Here's what's that. said. Like as, as much as I'm telling you, I enjoy him. I don't remember how his story ends. Does Jin, do I kill him? You kill him. Okay. You have a duel with him. And then he asks you to finish him off because he's bleeding all over the place. And he wants to die honorably, but you meet him in the dojo and he's, and even then Jin's like, come back with me, come back to my uncle. 
get arrested, pay for your crimes. You've done terrible things. And Ryuzo was like, no, tell them I was working for you. You're the ghost. Tell them I was spying for you. All the things I did was to try to get close to the Khan. And Jin's I remember like, that, yeah. Nah, bro, you, you killed a lot of people. <laughs> but at that point, it's like, it's too late. Like, you never get any more moments of Ryuzo, like, being on the fence about what he's doing. It's just like, he's all in. Even though the last time you saw him, he was so on the fence about, like, he felt stuck in the position. And then you just see him as Darth Vader. In a way. Yeah, I, I <sighs> kind of hesitantly, but not so hesitantly working for the, the bigger power. Sure, I, I would have liked to have seen him go into the third act. I think you could have done more with him. And by you, I mean Sucker Punch. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you definitely could have gotten more out of his arc. And he was, I don't know. I don't have anything more to say about him. I just wish that he got a little bit more. Just to go back to gameplay real quick, yeah. because I didn't cover it earlier. At the end of Act 2, where you go into exile, I thought for sure at that point, I was going to have to start fighting samurai. And that's why I was, mm-hmm. I was excited to be fighting people that could also change stances. That's what I was talking about earlier. Okay, yep. And the fact that you never do that, like you're in Tsushima, but there are no samurai around or anything. There's your uncle's army is just like chilling somewhere in the backdrop. Like Getting it's, just, ready. it's just weird that they have no presence, you know? Well, they're fighting the poison and they have to fight so honorably that they need to reamass their forces and plan. Yeah. But even if you go back to like the first two sections of the Island mm-hmm. where they're controlling at that point. Yeah. You would think that like you'd run into like a patrol of them or something. Oh, that's true. Yep. And they're just they just don't exist. They're just they're out of the way until a story beat calls for them. You know, until you have to go to them. True. But I agree. I really wanted to fight them. What what are you gonna do? Maybe in the next game. Probably. I I really like his relationship with Yuri as well. And I, I part of me wants it to have gone further, and part of me is glad it didn't. But you could tell that Jin has real feelings for Yuri and she doesn't really, I don't think she necessarily feels the same way or at least they can't. The situation in their Island is such that they can't uh, admit it to each other. But I thought that was really well done. I'm pretty sure they're in love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think she definitely has feelings for Jen. I don't think there's much to talk about there, but I mean, she, I think she says as much like that. He's like the most important thing to her. I mean, at that point, yeah, cause yeah. Taka's gone. Um, poor old Taka R.I.P. Taka was a Taka was a real one <laughs> he was an idiot but he was a real one <laughs> um, I don't know I don't have much more to say uh, story wise that's about it I mean so what would you add or change to the game what, what would you I, I don't want to sit here and that? backseat develop I feel like I've done that as, as <laughs> we've been going I mentioned the things that I didn't like and what I wish the game had uh I would have, I, no, I don't have anything that I haven't already said. <laughs> well, I'm super pumped for com- uh, the co-op mode, though. I'm not. I mean, it's interesting and I'm glad it exists. Unless there, unless it's way more difficult than it is currently. Like, I don't have any interest in it. I like the idea of it being more mythical. Mm-hmm. I assume that we're going to be playing as like the four characters. The four characters we're playing out, I'm going to guess, are the legends that we we're hearing about in the myths earlier oh, in the maybe. game or something. I, I don't actually know that, but I know they break them down into classes, which seems interesting but, too, which might limit the way you can play and you might not have all that's the, the thing, stances. That's the thing. There are the four classes, right? They said, yeah. um, and it, I get the sense that they're going to be told in the same way that the mythic quests are being told in the game, um, where there's more like supernatural 
demons and stuff that you're fighting. And it, I'm assuming it's going to be like, as Yamamoto or Yamoto says, uh, is like telling the story as you're playing is what I'm guessing That's is going to happen. Imagine. I did see one screenshot from somewhere where it was four players within the overworld though, like in a, in a regular habitat, even though the trailer shows supernatural stuff too. So I think there's still some kind of overworld or at least a town, which makes sense because you've got to get new armor pieces. Customization, I'm sure, is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But it looks like it's going to be like a Destiny strike, but just, you know, with with this kind of combat. I was really hoping for something like a melee version of Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Maybe. I think it. I think they said it's two-player co-op story missions, and then four players is like a gauntlet, like wave-style It's thing, waves, yeah. Which would be kind of like Mass Effect's multiplayer, which was the, the wave-based stuff. Yeah, that's why I got kind of excited for that. I was like, that's that seems kind of interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I imagine I'll check it out. It depends on when it comes out. I mean... Fall. Oh, is it fall this year? That's it. That's just fall. They didn't okay. say a date yet. Then maybe, yeah. Um, I was thinking it might not be till 2021 or something. And yeah, with, with so much stuff delayed, there'd probably be a time where I'll check it out. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll probably dive into it. I just wish the game was harder. I, I know I keep saying it, but... If it was a little more challenging, it would have been so much more fun. I would have been so much more invested in it. I'm definitely, I I probably won't play the game through again until maybe Ghost 2 comes out and I might do the story missions again. But I do want to at least try a few missions, maybe do the first island with the uh, the legend mode you were playing with the one slice. Yeah, definitely turn it on. It's because that sounds not only fun, but really interesting, like a, a nice tweak to gameplay. Doesn't make it any harder. <laughs> well, <laughs> if it's two slices for them and you, yeah, it's just even the odds just. A little bit of realism. Just block, bro. Just block. <laughs> uh, yeah, I this game is amazing, although we brought up Final Fantasy, so I don't... I'll have to see. Now I don't know if it's my game of the year because Final Fantasy VII is really good. Too. Uh, we, we can do like a game of the year in review for one of our uh, other episodes. Oh, no, I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm not going to go through it now. I'm just thinking now. Now you got me wondering. But this game is really top up there on my list of games I played yeah. in quite a while. It's definitely one of the best four games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but there aren't that many great games this year. We'll talk about it some other time. That's right. I don't really have much more to say. All right. Do you have any final thoughts? I think that was kind of my final thought about. That was it. Gotta be my game. That's, that's, what, you, is, that's what you had in your back pocket this so whole time. My final thought is <laughs> this game is beautiful and amazing. As much as we're talking about what's what we don't like, we were nitpicking on the, the systems that don't work. The things that do work about this game are fantastic. I don't think I'm nitpicking. We're not. I don't, we're I don't not like the language nitpicking there. I nitpick about some stuff, but saying that the combat doesn't have enough layers, I think it's a serious, serious problem with this game. <laughs> and I think it's really holding this game back from being my favorite game of the year. And right now it's just kind of, you know, somewhere in the top five. Just like by default. <laughs> I don't think it doesn't have enough layers. I just think the enemies are too stupid to make it yeah, it's difficult. Those, <laughs> those stupid enemies are but, part of the difficulty. But with the layers, I mean, there's so many different forms of combat and so many stances and stuff that if they were harder, I don't know if I think we're, I don't know if it's not layers. That's a weird argument. You're saying you're saying <laughs> if the enemies were smarter. <laughs> no, no. It, we're saying the same thing, just differently. It's whatever. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. But no, I, I, I really love the game, too. It's the best open world game I've played in forever. I would take it all the way back to probably Red Dead 1, you know, on, on 360, as far as open worlds I was exploring, where I was like, I love this place. 
I wish I, I think it's amazing framework. I really want them to lean into these stances and go harder. I don't want to be a superhero. I want to be a real person. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, but yeah, no, you should, if you don't own this game, you should 150% play Sekiro. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then play this. (laughs) Would you say, and this is kind of weird because it's the end of its lifetime. Would you say this is a system seller? Because I was wondering that today, earlier today. No, I would not. By system seller, do you mean it's a game that I would recommend someone buy a PS4 to play? I mean, like is that- when I played Last of Us, when I saw you playing Last of Us, you made me play. I was like, I need a PlayStation 3. This, this was like finally the nail on the head. I would say at this point, if you don't own a PS4, then yeah, of course this is a system seller because it's just another arrow in the quiver. Yeah. You know, it's just another reason to have a PS4 on top of God of War, a dozen games, other reasons yeah. to own a PS4. So sure, it's a system seller if it's a game that'll like just you know push you over the edge. Um, so yes, it's a system seller. This game came out. Let's say this game came out three years ago, four years ago. No, this wouldn't be the game to get me to jump into PS4 if there were no other games. Final question. If you didn't play Sekiro, would your opinion of this game have changed? (sighs) At this point, I've probably spent, I'm going to say 80 plus hours playing Sekiro. I don't actually know. I know my first playthrough took my first playthrough took me 40 hours, but after that they shorten up dramatically. I've gotten so good at parrying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because I am really good at parrying. (laughs) Um, No, I don't think so though. Cause I, I mean, I talk about Sekiro a lot during this podcast. Right. I don't think it's influencing my opinion too much on this game. I think this game would still have really flat combat. It's a really weird difficulty curve um, where it goes from super challenging to super easy with no in between. Uh, So no, I don't think Sekiro is influencing my opinion. I'm just having fun when I, when I talk about Sekiro. (laughs) But uh, you should definitely play the game. If you, uh, if you're on the vents, jump in with the online mode coming out was just more for, of it to like. And there are many portions of the map where there's nothing there. So I'm wondering if there's a, there's a couple of like cities and stuff where there's no merchants and there's no missions. So I'm wondering if there's maybe going to be some more free, free DLC down the line, with a couple of new side missions. So there'll always be something to do. Maybe. All right. All right. So that was it for our post game presented by two player bros on ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima is just on PlayStation four. I hate when you do that. Right. Why? Why? I mean, at this point now, I'm just doing it to piss you off. Why you do it? Join us next week. We're going to talk about different news items, along with the long-awaited from Dave. What does Game Pass look like in five years? There's no guarantee we're going to talk about. No, we're going to talk about it. You teased it. It's got to come up. No promises. I mean, unless there's Game Pass news that makes it relevant to talk about, I'm probably not (laughs) going to talk about it. Uh, But no, uh, no. 
I mean, we have DC fandom, so we're going to see some. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about Batman and what WB is doing. Batman next week. and Suicide Squad. Yep. That's this weekend. That is this weekend, this Saturday. Yeah. I yeah. think Saturday evening they're doing that one. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll have at least some stuff to cover. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going for Hellblade. Is that is that a lock? I think Hellblade's a lock. Okay. I got to. I shouldn't recommend it. I got to buckle down on this. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't know it was all about the heebie-jeebies, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I don't like them heebie-jeebies. If it makes you feel better. It's also about um, mental health. I. It's got a large mental health message. Uh, yeah, it's very clear. I mean, I've played like the first <laughs> hour and a half, and it is really, really good. But also, whew, like, it's going to be a struggle for me to get through. It is a shorter campaign, though, right? I know uh, that it's not very long. I want to say 12 hours is what I had read on. Well, that's that's a decently sized single look at it. Longer than I want it to be. Already, I can tell you it's <laughs> too long. I had read people complaining that it was too short, so I figured maybe it was like a six hour campaign. Uh, 12 me, hours is yeah, fine me, for a single player game. Let me make sure I'm not making that up. I'm sorry, not 12 hours. It says uh, expect seven and a half hours, nine if you want to do everything. No, that is short, but it was free on Game Pass, so I don't care. That's still a little bit longer than I want <laughs> based and on what I've played fun, so far. Okay. I, want, I want five hours out of this game. <laughs> I've wanted to play it and I hadn't gotten to yet. I know my brother, Alex, he got it on the computer last year and for like three months straight, he couldn't shut up about it. So I'm very excited because he doesn't usually like games like that. Based on the little bit of it I've played. It's going to be one. Of, it's going to be it's a you game. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not always right about that, but I feel like this is very much a you game. When you say that, it makes me want to go into it hating it just to spite you. That's weird. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. Not really. <laughs> I, I will probably like this game a lot. It's got a lot of stuff just thematically that I'm totally into. Yeah. Not the mental health issue thing, but I'm interested to see how that warps into this historical fiction nightmare world that is being presented. Yeah, I, I never played Eternal Darkness, but like I feel like... Oh, really? I... F- Again, I've never played it, but when I was playing this, I'm like, I wonder if this is what Eternal Darkness was like. (laughs) No, because I know you love Eternal Darkness. I'm I'm going into Hellblade with only seeing some cinema sequence trailers and maybe 30 seconds of gameplay. So I'm going into this game more blind than I think I've ever gone into a modern game. So when you say that, it gets me really excited because I love Eternal Darkness. All right. All right. So that's in two weeks. All right. Go play Hellblade. Get out of here. Get out of here. (laughs) Keep on gaming. Shinjitsu to Naruwa, it's no hizou.